Foundation, an episode-by-episode podcast review of CBS's action-adventure series, MacGyver. I'm Patrick O'Reilly. And I'm Richard Wells. And today we'll be tackling Season 5, Episode 8, Black Rhino. The original air date for this episode was November 13th, 1989. It was directed by Michael Caffey, and it was written by Paul B. Margolis. Uh, why don't we describe this episode in brief? Um, in this episode, another member of the Colton family right. appears. A new member. Which makes three now. Yep. Uh, and MacGyver is uh, on his way to help him out because he has made his way to Africa to seek out uh, a bounty on a famous... Uh, Just a hunter or yeah, a poacher, I guess. Poacher, yeah. yeah. I guess like poacher would be the best term to describe him. Yeah, so Billy Colton is on his way to Africa to, to get the bounty on this famous poacher, Lady Smith. And MacGyver is hot on his tail because he's in over his head. Right. Um, and we start this episode in America mm-hmm. where we're finding out that uh, the newest Colton brother... Has, has, I guess has been hired by the Phoenix Foundation. Right, yeah. Um, so he... See, this is like... this is this, I have the same problem with, with uh, Black Corsage is that we're supposed to have, have assumed that this... That they know him. Have MacGyver has known this person yeah. for years. Yeah. Because Pete even says, you're the closest thing he's got to family aside from his brothers. It's like, really? I've never seen this yeah. person before. When, when did all this happen? Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm like, as of the Black Corsage, I was only vaguely aware of, not Jesse's existence, but what's the other brother? Frank. Frank. He's like, I barely knew Frank existed. And yeah. He's like, wait, Frank Colton? Like, he almost didn't recognize him in that episode. Yeah, exactly. And now it's like... Oh, you're the closest thing this guy has to family. It's like really like is he that mm-hmm. like like involved in the in their in their relationship? Because yeah. the first time he met Jesse was only a year ago. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't a good meeting. Yeah. I mean, granted, they, they've had they started out meetings. on different teams. Yeah. And they ended up on, you know, Jesse had him at the end of a, a shotgun for a lot of that episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So Pete has called in MacGyver and says Billy Colton has stolen some phoenix files or at least copied them right he says compromised so i don't know if that means like they were top secret yeah, or compromised they were makes it sound way worse than it was yeah compromised makes it sound like he sold them to someone already. exactly all he did was take the information um and uh but then he also did uh use company money to buy himself a ticket to africa right which i'm assuming was multiple flights and probably cost a lot yeah and so he's after this guy named ladysmith uh, I'm trying to figure out how he was able to just finagle company money out of the Phoenix Foundation. Like, did he just go to the expenses department and be like, "Hey, I need money to go on a trip," and no one verified it through anyone, or well, did he like trick Pete into trying on a new suit and then steal his wallet? <laughs> like, <laughs> well, because because they said that he works in the mail room. Yeah. So unless he like he had access to like. Maybe he just received a Phoenix Foundation credit card <laughs> and well, like yeah. activated it. Well, or or he had access to like stationery. Yeah. And was able to like write up a a, a request. An expense report. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's after a guy named Lady Smith, uh, who apparently also Frank and Jesse have been after. Right. But like no one's ever been able to find him. Which is the third appearance. Oh yeah. Of Kai Wolf. Of Kai Wolf, uh, who previously was. Uh, Collision course and every time she smiles. smiles yeah. And uh, and every time, well, and every time she smiles was like the only episode that he was uh, kind of a good kind guy. of a good guy. Yeah, yeah. he came around mm-hmm. by the end of it. Um, but he's only worth fifty thousand. Uh, this lady Smith. Yeah. And and so I imagine 
even at the time, a plane ticket to Africa was probably a couple grand right there. Yeah. Especially, like, on a moment's notice. Yeah. Like, this isn't booked in advance. He left, like, today. Yeah, he had to. Um, if he'd have planned it too far in advance, they would have been able to prevent him from going. Yeah. So, uh, this was an expensive, like, he, he's, he might, he might even be taking a loss here. Yeah. But if he catches the guy, then he can pay for the ticket a few times over. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, yeah, the, he's uh, on the way to the country of Cambizi. Um, and Pete convinces MacGyver that he has to go again because he's the only one that Billy knows and trusts because he's like right. family. And Pete also couldn't get a hold of Frank or Jesse because they're out on assignments. Right. Like, not for the Phoenix Foundation, but their own. Like, their yeah. own, their own, they're yeah. bounty hunters. They're on their own things. Um, and so we immediately hard cut to. I mean, is that how. Billy Colton works for the Phoenix Foundation, at, like in the capacity of being a bounty hunter. No, no, they said he works in the mailroom. But it's yeah, but I mean, when you say they they work as bounty hunters, you're just talking about the Coltons in general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just the, yeah. And and B- Billy is supposed to be like the younger brother who's just not ready. He's for not it actually yet. like he's he doesn't because even to be a bounty hunter, you have to you have there's like certification involved. Yeah, I don't feel like the coltons are that kind of bounty hunters i feel like jesse and frank could be yeah yeah like i mean licensed. at least by the time the show the coltons comes around they actually run a business as bounty hunters. that's true um and and he was working for a bail bondsman and i'm sure a bail yeah of course that guy was a sleazy bail bondsman yeah yeah, but, yeah. right wait, is sleazy bail bondsman is that a is that redundant yeah i think that might be yeah a little bit <laughs> i apologize to all the bail bondsmen listening to our to podcast our show. but you thank s- you for listening yeah interesting choice uh, yeah, so we hard cut to MacGyver driving through um, various stock footage of Africa. Right, and we're getting some cool African music here. Yeah, yeah, like it's 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 like um, uh, I'm gonna say the the Paul McCartney, uh, not Paul McCartney. Yeah, Paul McCartney. Uh, the like because he did like the, all that uh, tour in Africa. Oh, had, okay. Where he had the backup singers were all yeah. like African singers. Um, that's what it reminded me of. Yeah, Paul McCartney. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we're getting some weird camera angles too, where it looks like the camera's like affixed to the outside of the Jeep. I mean, it's Paul Simon. I think it's Paul Simon. It's one of those Pauls. Who, who, who did If You Be My Bodyguard? That Paul Simon or Paul McCartney? I think that was Whitney Houston. If you be my bodyguard, I can. It's Paul Simon. That's sure. what it is. Okay. It's Paul Simon. I'm sorry, everybody. It's not <laughs> Paul McCartney. Um, I didn't look it up. I knew it mentally. I just needed to get there. <laughs> yeah. But this camera angle that they're getting of him driving looks a little bit weird to me. Yeah. It's, where it's like the camera's attached to the side of the Jeep so that it's it, like, it's almost like when they do those horror movies where the camera's pointed directly at a person's mm-hmm, face mm-hmm. while they're running. Right. But uh, it's yeah. tracking his motion a little too closely. So yeah, so you're, we're seeing his profile and outside the side window, but every right. time the car like rolls or bounces on these country, on these rough roads, yeah. everything, everything outside moves, but nothing inside the car or MacGyver don't yeah. move. Yeah. Um, and uh, of course, uh, we now we you know so we see all, like all the different like we see zebras and water buffalo right. and lions and and of course mostly rhinos. stock footage and then some of it maybe from some safari park in Vancouver. Yeah. Um, and then all of a sudden we get a big, big block of text up on the screen. Right. Yeah. Um, it's it's very disorienting. Yeah. It's, I don't think we've seen something like this in a while. Yeah. Not since maybe like the, the runaway, hotline. But that right. wasn't like right in the middle of the episode. Yeah, that was at the, the end. Yeah, this uh, the text pops up. It says, "This story contains a scene depicting an injury to an animal. The animal and the injury are simulated." Right. 
So, and I was like, oof, boy, this yeah, is... we're getting ready to see something terrible. Yeah. And honestly, they needed to put this warning in here somewhere. Yeah. I might have put it earlier in the episode, mm-hmm. but then maybe they were worried that people would miss the beginning. And so yeah, they were like, yeah. let's wait until the scene is coming up, and then we'll put this warning on the screen. So they put it at the end of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> the scene is... FYI, what you saw earlier and turned off your television outraged <laughs> about, uh, that was not real. <laughs> This movie has been rated R and should not have been viewed by young children. <laughs> uh, Every time I think of the MPA rating system, I always think of that Freakazoid clip where he's explaining. Oh, yeah. The, how, <laughs> I was like, Grandpa can go see these NC-17 movies. Because he was in the war. <laughs> and the dog Fluffy can go see because he's a dog. It doesn't matter to him. Yeah. I'll put a clip to that in the uh, in the show notes. Yeah, that's, a, a, that's a fun little bit. Yeah, it, it's, it's poking fun of it as much as it is explaining it. Yeah. Um, so, uh, of course, Mac pulls over to get a good look at a rhino, which is going to be the center point of right, what this yeah. episode is. Um, in fact, you're going to hear the phrase, import ban on rhino horns, yeah. in that order several times yeah, yeah, throughout yeah. the episode. Uh as MacGyver arrives at the Nabu Ranch, which is like a black rhino sanctuary, mm-hmm. um, I keep I kept when I was writing my notes, I kept having to write Nabu. Me no no like Nabu, but uh, no, I kept I kept writing Rhino Reserve or Preserve. I was like, wait, no, an animal reserve is where you hunt them. Yeah, and an a animal preserve? preserve is like a jelly. <laughs> <laughs> Made from rhinos. Mm, sweet, delicious rhino preserves. <laughs> With a name like Schmuckers. <laughs> it has to be rhino. Uh, we arrive at the ranch at a very sad moment. Right. Um, Kate Hubbley is giving a eulogy for a man named Sam who apparently died uh, defending the ranch from poachers or... Right. Maybe even two of the people who were Was he killed were by this... poachers? They just said that he's dead. Like, he died defending the ranch. So I don't know. It must have been poachers. Yeah. Um, or one of the two other people who were at this funeral. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Lady Smith or one of his infiltrators. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so she's giving the eulogy, and, you know, and, she, and she even says part of it in Swahili. Yeah. Um, what is the actress name? That's playing Kate. Oh, gosh, I didn't write it down. I actually don't have the actress's name, but she's actually married to James Earl Jones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's James Earl Jones' wife, um, which uh, which came as a like, because I, I always think of, I guess it is the '80s, and he would have been older. Um, I I was trying to think of like what the age difference was, because she looks older in this than what yeah, I think. Yeah, she's James still Earl young Jones. compared to him. I would yeah. have thought. Um. But uh, she's she's running the reserve preserve. <laughs> See, this is what reserve. I was talking about. Reserve. Is it a reserve? Because to me, like a reserve is where you go and hunt the animals because they're reserved for hunting. Well, apparently that's what's happening. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, uh, MacGyver introduces himself to Kate um, at a really awkward time because she's trying to console the family yeah he's like even... in the middle of the well not in the middle of the funeral proceedings he at least waits for the eulogy to finish and for the yeah. crowd to disperse a little bit but then he's like hey uh, i need you to help me with some stuff he's like, like and she goes oh yeah one moment let me just attend to this grieving family yeah um so while macgyver is waiting uh 
General Mobuto. Right. Uh, who who uh, is who is Mantu from Brainwash? Yeah. Um, he has been uh, at least still alive. Where he was working directly with another famous African American actor's wife. Yeah. Uh, uh, he is a general now with the uh, Cambizi Defense Force. Right. And he is accompanied by his uh, secondhand uh, Zimba, mm-hmm. played by Tony Todd. Right. Oh God, Tony Todd. It took it took me a minute. It wasn't until he was dressed up later that I recognized him. Because they switch in and out of their uniforms yeah. like, into more casual clothes. I was like, oh, that's Tony Todd. Yeah, um, the Candyman. Yeah, Tony Todd, if you don't know, uh, look him up. You've seen him a hundred times, I'm sure. He also uh, wound up playing more of a part in the Final Destination series than he started out yeah, as. Yeah, yeah. Like, he, he he's kind of death in that Yeah, he's like either, he's either death himself or he's like some kind of conduit yeah because he seems to be the only one who knows what's going on yeah with this. and he he made appearances in like three of the five yeah. movies um also uh, roger aaron brown who's playing mabuto here um i didn't mention this before but i was looking through his credits and i noticed that um he was deputy chief joe nolan in 89 episodes of the district which i never actually watched I never, I so p- but people might know him from that but he also played john henry in the movie tall tale Oh, okay. You remember that movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Patrick Swayze was Pecos Bill, and Oliver Platt was Paul Bunyan. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Yeah, Tall Tale, all about like uh, American folklore. I think I saw it when it came out in theaters, and I don't think I've seen it since then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you seen the Disney animated John Henry thing that they did recently? No. It's oh, really... yeah, yeah, yeah. I have. Yeah, it's short. It, yeah, it's short. Yes, yeah, it's yeah. really cool looking, though. If you haven't seen it, uh, listeners, you should definitely it, I think check it's that. on Netflix. Yeah, yeah. It's part of the I may have the actually Disney even shorts. watched it here. Um, the That's an, possible. The, yeah, the, the animation is really interesting because it's like uh, drawn intentionally, drawn with like all the other sketch lines still, right. yeah, yeah, still yeah. in the in the artwork. Yeah, I like when they do stuff like that. Yeah, it's very pretty. I saw a really cool stop motion short that this person did where um, you, you 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 sometimes see these things and like for like things like Coraline where you're just seeing the the people moving all the rigging. Oh right, right, right. As part of the stop motion, rather yeah, than yeah, they stepping. did that in some of the marketing material for Paranorman. Yeah. And uh, I think there's some in box trolls too. Yeah. I, th- I think that's th- really neat. I like that you just, you see their hand. They're still photographing yeah. the hands, like moving things. So you can see. And they're all much... ghostly. It looks like yeah. they're like the flash. Um, so Mobuto just basically tells MacGyver to be careful. Right. This is Africa, uh, TIA from the uh, Blood Diamond. That uh, you should be careful. You're an outsider. Um, uh, so. As Kate now comes back from the family, uh, MacGyver starts questioning her about Billy, but she doesn't know anyone named Billy. Right. And she doesn't recognize him from his photo. Yeah. Uh, but we immediately cut then to Billy on the docks right. moving crates. Yeah. Uh, we can see that he's nowhere near the ranch because he's obviously on a water waterfront. Yeah. And a r- riverfront, I guess in this case. Which would make sense because he's dealing with people importing and exporting right. illegal goods. So he's trying to... Find where things are coming from, mm-hmm. and and you know he he's infiltrated the group because he's you know he's just another black guy. Like, yeah. I mean it's it, it's like it, which is funny because like he makes a point out of like like insulting them. Yeah. Like like because he calls them Zulus later. Yeah. Like, I was like, what is happening here? That's weird. Um, but because he just doesn't say anything, they just assume that he's like an ignorant mountain man. Yeah. <laughs> Because apparently that's what they have going on here. Yeah. Um, that uh, the, the, the people who don't speak Swahili are like, 
like country bumpkins. And yeah, they just, yeah. They just like they just use them for labor. Uh, so you know, Billy's kind of like moving crates, just following the flow of everyone, and that's when he spots Lady Smith, and uh, uh, he kind of sneaks into the warehouse to get a close-up meeting to Lady Smith meeting with. General Mobuto. Right. And they're vaguely discussing... Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Oh, I you totally what... saw this coming. Yeah. This guy who played the villain in another episode is playing a villain in this episode? What are the chances? Um, they... Billy here overhears them talking very vaguely about products, shipments, but then very specifically about time and locations for yeah. meetings. <laughs> and it's information that there's no reason that Lady Smith would need it. Yeah. Like, he's just saying, I have a meeting at 5 o'clock at the blah, blah, blah hotel. Yeah. And it's like, why are you telling him that? He's yeah. not the person you're meeting with. Yeah, he, he doesn't need that information. Yeah. That's for, the, that's for Billy to hear. Uh, but uh, Mabuto is very, like, like frustrated with this, this deal not going through. It's taking too long. He wants his money. Right. And when uh, Lady Smith kind of like hassles him and Mabuto grabs him and Lady Smith just throws him off and says, no black man touches me. Right. And and you think at first like Mabuto's like, oh, okay, he's just taking it in stride. But after they have another little bit of an argument, Mabuto pulls, puts a knife to his neck and says, this deal doesn't go through. You'll never have to worry about a black man touching you ever again. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, crap. Um, so they're just making you hate Lady Smith even more because now we know he's like super racist. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, so, uh, so now like Billy has this information, uh, and, uh, we kind of come back to the ranch. Well, there's also one quick moment here where he sort of stumbles on the materials that are in these boxes. Right. Like, that are in sugar packets. Sugar packets, yeah. You're right. And, um, and he says out loud drugs. Yeah. Like he thinks that it's drugs. Right. Cause what else would you be like right. sending off in packets? Yeah. Um, we now go back to the ranch, uh, and Kate uh, reports that no one is, no one, no one, none of her contacts seem to know this Billy Colton. Right. Um, but she also gets a call that some poachers have just been caught uh, attacking a rhino. Right. So MacGyver kind of goes off with them, and uh, and this is the scene. This is this is the pretty dramatic scene that's yeah. here. Um, her men have caught the poachers. Poacher, sorry, singular. Right. Um, and. They empty the bag with the horn, and it's 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 one horn, but it's like two two horns kind of grown together. Yeah, and you can already see like it's all chopped down to below, well below the the horn growth. Yeah, there's like because they didn't want to miss any of the horns, so they yeah. chopped down. And he used a chainsaw to do it. Yeah, yeah, we 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 see the just the bloody chainsaw on the ground, and we hear like the moaning of this like animal, and as we see it, like here's this rhino. Again, this is simulated, right? But the whole the whole rhino's nose is just like chopped off. It seems and there's to be... just like a bloody smear at yeah. the top of its face, and it's groaning. And it's a pretty legitimate looking yeah it, it animatronic rhino. It Apparently, looked... it costs forty thousand dollars to make. It well, you know what? It was worth every penny because yeah. I, I if you had not told me it was fake, I would I would be there questioning it. Yeah. It's like is that real? I think that's fake, but but. Weird no, that they didn't include a warning in Jurassic Park, though, because I would have believed that was a real Triceratops, too. That Triceratops is magnificent. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> I always think of that, that uh, viral image of 
uh, Steven Spielberg sitting next to that oh, animatronic yeah, Triceratops, yeah, and, the, and people like retweeted, and they were like, "How disgusting is this hunter that he's proud that he killed this beautiful animal?" And it's like, do you guys realize that that that, that species of dinosaur has been extinct for now because Spielberg killed it? Yeah, if it wasn't for Spielberg, we'd still have Triceratopses. Um, so Kate kind of looks to one of her associates. Like silently, and the and the guy just shakes his head no. I'm assuming they're asking if like the rhino is going to be all right. Yeah. Like, I'm because I'm assuming that the poacher probably gunned it down first. Right. And we're just not seeing. Or tranked it at least. I would, but see, like, I would think that if it was just tranked, that it could be, it could still rehabilitated, maybe. But I think I think I think the implication here is that it's been it's too injured now to carry on no matter what. And so. Kate herself takes the rifle off of her associate and with great difficulty takes aim and MacGyver's just kind of like watching. And when you hear this shot, we just hear MacGyver go, (sighs) like this deep exhale. It's completely silent. There's no music. And, And as the camera like does this really wide crane shot pulling away, that's when it fades to black for commercial. Yeah. Not a sound. Yeah. And I was, I got goosebumps right now just think, just remembering it. Yeah, it was, yeah. it was really, really dramatic. And it just seems like, I mean, I, I would not be in this situation anyway, but if I were a poacher that was intending to take large pieces of an animal like this, mm-hmm. I would make sure it was 100% dead before I took a chainsaw to its face. Yeah, I mean, especially a rhino. Yeah. I mean, that's... It's a rhino. Like for not not just for my own safety, but like like why why do you need to do this while it's still alive? Like, mm-hmm. can't you just put an extra shot in its head? You're gonna be sure that you're not gonna get killed by it, and it's not gonna feel you chainsawing its horn right. off. Like, it just didn't have time. I guess but whatever. Um, rhinos and like hippos to me are like some of like the most like dinosaur like animals that we have. Yeah. Well, um, hippos are terrifying. Oh, God, they're so people horrifying. People think hippos are adorable, but they kill more people than, like, any other animal. Yeah, they're they're very, very territorial. Yeah. And, and I don't know if you've ever seen the videos of, like, how fast they swim. Like, they're, they swim as fast as sharks. Really? Like, there was, like, a video, and you just see, like, this, this, like, it's people on a boat, like, on a safari boat out in Africa. Yeah. And you just see, like, the wave of, like, something, like, jump, moving Shoot towards past the them. It's something like approaching the boat really quickly. I'm surprised point. that somebody hasn't done like a horror movie about like killer hippos, you know, the hungry, hungry, hungry hippos hungry, movie. Hungry hippos. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it would be called, right? Yeah, it would have to that's be. what I would call it. All right, let's get Parker Brothers on the line or whoever the hell made that game. <laughs> we we want game. to make a legitimate horror film out of your children's toy. <laughs> Next is sorry. <laughs> yeah, you'll be sorry. Um, uh, so, uh, the poacher has been questioned and, uh, Kate's associate says that he, he's, he's one of the country, like, like they don't understand his language really all that much. Right. But they did get that he was talking about a sugar house. Yeah. Um, and Kate seems to think that it might mean the sugar refinery that's, that's close by. Right. So, uh, MacGyver and Kate decide to head there together and that's where Billy kind of like starts trying to get a little more ambitious with like sneaking out some evidence, but they kind of catch him. Like they're, they're ordering everyone off the boat and he's 
not paying attention or, again, doesn't understand their language, so yeah. he's not quite sure what they're being ordered to do. So he lingers, and when they see him, uh, Zimba, Tony Todd, uh, says, hey, what are you doing, like, in Swahili, and and then points a gun at him. So now yeah. he's, like, extra, like, oh, crap. Um, and uh, And so they grab him, and they basically said they're going to kill him. And that's when he's like gives up. He says, "Okay, okay, I, I speak English," and, uh, and I work for Ladysmith. Yeah, he's like, "I work for Ladysmith." He doesn't trust what you're doing, Mabuto. He installed me as like a spy, right, to make sure that you guys are following his orders. And he's like, "And he's like, oh, so you work for Ladysmith? You're close." He's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, we're real close, really." Because he good. thinks he's he thinks he's putting himself in good standing to be like, "Hey, the guy you're working with." I work for him, so you better treat me with respect. But he yeah, doesn't yeah. realize that Mobuto hates Lady Smith mm-hmm. and would gladly kill this guy just to send a message to Mobuto about installing spies in his right in his group facility. So he says, "Hang him," <laughs> and, and Billy's all, "Hang, hang." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, he's like, "Wait, wait." He tries to say that he's not a spy before they shove a cloth in his mouth. Yeah. And you were bringing up a point about... That always the, bothers me in film when someone just gets a sock pushed into their mouth and it's like, why can't you push that out? Like, yeah. it just seems like you'd be able to push that out. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Well, we're going to get a sock and we're going to test, test it on you. Uh, nope. <laughs> oh, second thought. I wonder if it's just because this, if whatever you're jamming into the person's mouth is on top of their tongue, then you can't pull your tongue back into your mouth to push mm. something out. But it just always seems like... And it, it, can't you open your mouth wider and just let it fall out? Or it just seems like it shouldn't be that hard to get something out of your mouth. I, I would but think maybe it, it is. I would think if you had something pushed in your mouth hard enough that it got beyond your teeth yeah. and then kind of re-expanded, it would be a lot harder to push out. But this was just like like a bandana. Barely tucked in there, yeah. yeah it was like a bandana they just kind of like poked in with yeah. a finger. It's like, that's that's not enough. I mean, I believe it in movies when a person's like handcuffed and they stick something in their mouth and then they tape the mouth closed. Yeah, or yeah. Something yeah. like that. That's when I'm like, okay, that person's not going to be able to talk or push that thing out. Mm-hmm. But when it's just something gets tucked in there and there's nothing outside of the mouth to hold it in, it's yeah. like, it just seems I, I, like I don't, it should be I don't that get hard. It. Yeah. It's a trope. But I'm not going to test it. I'm not going to myth bust this. So <laughs> that's just my ignorance. I feel like that you're right. And so that's where we're going to leave it. It's just the movie thing. Uh, so uh, MacGyver and Kate arrive at the refinery as Billy is about to be hanged, and as they kind of sneak around the back, they they you know there's there's two goons, and Billy's putting up a really good fight because he gets a good kick on one of the guys who's going to hang him. Yeah. Um, and then they, of course they punch him in the guts, um, and so MacGyver and Kate kind of hop into this like jeep that's nearby, and they just take off right towards the guys. And MacGyver yells, Billy! And wielding a machete. Yeah. And you can see the look on Billy's face, and you can hear a muffled yell, MacGyver! Yeah. <laughs> like, almost like, almost like, what are you doing with that yeah. machete? Oh my god. What is he doing? He's gone insane. Um, what I thought was going to happen was, they were going to chop off the rope of the neck and just have him fall into the Jeep. Yeah. But they chop off the rope and then keep driving, and MacGyver just says, run, Billy! <laughs> <laughs> it's like, Slow down or something. Yeah, let me get in the jeep. Um, because he's 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 still got his hands bound. Yeah. Um, and uh, so yeah, Billy is forced to like run and hop into the back, and MacGyver kind of pulls him in, and the two guys are opening fire at him and just wildly missing. Yeah. Like they're not even hitting the jeep. Yeah. 
And of course they escape and MacGyver's MacGyver's yelling at Billy and Billy's all, MacGyver, what are you doing here? What am I doing here? What are, what are you, you doing, doing here? here? Um, it's almost like Billy is a stand-in for Jack in this episode. <laughs> kind of, yeah. And and I don't know, again, it, like I mentioned before with Frank Colton's introduction, is like, are they trying to build up the creation of the Colton family? I, I don't think they had a, a plan for um, the Colton series from here until they already had all three of the Colton brothers and they were like, okay, this is, this is enough people to make a show if we can get these people to sign on. But then why, why keep adding brothers? Like, it, it seems like so strange that they just decided to keep adding to the Colton family. Cause this isn't the only member of the Colton family, the last one either. Like we're going to get another one. Well, not until the Colton's episode, right? Right. But still it's like, you just keep adding to this. Yeah. Family. But that was because they thought it was a, they that was supposed to be a pilot for a new show, so mm-hmm. you need more than three characters on a show. Yeah, conceivably. So they end up with five because you add to the Colton brothers. You add the mother Della Reese, mm-hmm. and then the frog dog from the Black Corsage. Yeah. Yes, I count him as a cast member. Yeah, he's a frog. Yeah. Uh, but so they've rescued. They've rescued Billy, Billy. Um, and Billy is like basically saying. I thought I could nab Lady, Lady Smith and prove to my brothers that I'm just as good as they are because Lady Smith is the one that they could never catch. Yeah, and then he also says, I followed up on a lead that they never caught mm-hmm. or something like that. But it's like, why wouldn't they have caught that? Like, yeah, because he basically just said he just wrote to everybody in Africa yeah. in the area until someone says, yeah, I know Lady Smith. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, Billy is saying, like, you know, he found Lady Smith. He also met his contact uh, who Lady Smith is working with to move some drugs, right? And that he, you know, and that's when Billy shows him like the sugar packet. Yeah. Uh, so MacGyver starts trying to like examine the drugs, just doing the, the standard like taste test. Yeah. Um, he injects a little bit of it. Uh, but MacGyver can't identify it from like a, a smell or a taste, so he uh, he dissolves it in water, but it doesn't dissolve. Right. This is like well, sugar would dissolve, and so would most so, drugs. So we know for sure this is not sugar. Yeah. That's what we've determined thus far. Um, or it's really bad sugar. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I have a hard time with sugar in the raw. Yeah. Like, that stuff never dissolves. Uh, yeah, so MacGyver identifies it as keratin, which he says this is the stuff that... Fingernails. Fingernails are made out of. And rhino horns. <laughs> Give me your fingernails. Give me your fingernails. No! <laughs> Maybe Moonvest was just a uh, <laughs> poacher. A rhino horn stealer. <laughs> or he was like a Chinese aphrodisiac. Um, so now Billy tells him that, that there's a plan to meet with a guy at the Gold Coast Hotel at 5 p.m. Right. And, and so MacGyver's like, well, I think I could probably take his place then. And Billy's all, um, MacGyver, the guy's name is Chan. (laughs) (laughs) I think I should take his place. Yeah, it's like, none of us can take his place because Lady Smith knows the guy. And we don't know any Asian people. Yeah. We make it a point not to know any Asian people. Especially not my brother who has an Asian son. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, but they still plan to try to like con Lady Smith with this plan of establishing establishing themselves as middlemen for Chan. Yeah. So at the hotel, Billy's middlemen, huh? Yeah. <laughs> he didn't write this episode. No, he wrote last week's episode. Uh, Billy's job is to go up to Chan's room and just basically 
Punch him in the face. Punch him in the face. <laughs> Keep him from coming downstairs yeah. while Lady Smith is waiting. Uh, so Chan doesn't even get a line in this episode. It, well, except like, that, he answers the door and says hello. Yeah, he says, I didn't order room service. Right. And that's when Billy punches him in the yeah. face. The actor playing Chan is Tong Lung, who actually did the voice of Ryu in the Street Fighter animated series. Oh, okay. Yeah. But he just gets knocked out. Yeah, he gets Hadoukened in, yeah. in the face. Yeah. Uh, uh, so uh, now MacGyver... He should have Hadoukened. He just throws a fireball down the hallway. <laughs> oh, we didn't mention that uh, Billy Colton could throw fireballs. Well, he can. But only in this episode. Right. Uh, so MacGyver now uh, sidles up to Ladysmith saying that he works for Chan. Yeah. And... Uh, and Kai Wolf, uh, Ladysmith, is immediately like, um, this isn't normal, and I don't trust you. Right. Basically, if you don't produce Chan or tell me what's going on, I'm leaving. Yeah. And MacGyver is... And they're both trying to bluff each other, uh, but I feel like... But Ladysmith is holding all the cards in this situation, uh, and because he says, like, if you show me the money, I'll give you the horns. It's like, no, no, you show me the horns, and I'll give you the yeah. money. Uh, and then Ladysmith is like, well, peace out. And, and he goes to leave, and Kate thinks that the situation's out of control. So yeah. she now she introduces herself as another associate as a, of Chan. Yeah. Um, and she tries to turn it into like a good cop, bad cop thing. Yeah. Like, I'm going to cooperate with you. My partner isn't going to. But. Mm. And uh, she says, how about we work it out where you show him the horns, and I have the money nearby, and then I'll be there in just like five minutes with the money. And Which it's weird that Lady Smith goes along with this since he was so ready to just walk away from this deal. Yeah. And then suddenly he's like, okay, well, now I'm totally interested in your precarious... Yeah, you're... Rather than just giving me the money right away like I want... Yeah. I'll guess I'll wait five minutes. Yeah. So and they th- go to this dam. Yeah. And this is where Lady Smith like, starts to act more goofy. Yeah. Because like now he, he's just kind of like, oh, what? I thought, oh, no, no. Um, yeah. But uh, we'll get to that. Um and uh, so, Kate. Part of the deal is that Kate goes with Ladysmith. Right. Uh, she'll see the horns, and then MacGyver will bring the money because I think it's a situation of Ladysmith at least has a hostage who's a woman. Right. But also probably less physically capable if things go wrong. Sure. Than MacGyver. Of overpowering would be. him. Yeah. Um. So Mac and Billy like. So, okay. <laughs> they had. They were gonna head to this dam. Um, and that's where he's, they said they're going to be. And Kate says, if you take the old road, you'll beat us there. Yeah. Why is the old road quicker? Yeah. We built this new road because we wanted a lazy roundabout <laughs> way of getting there. Generally, new roads are built to be faster than the old roads. Yeah. Um, so, of course, yes, as, as predicted, Mac and Billy beat them to the dam. But the old road takes them like up really high on the dam. Yeah. Where Lady Smith and Kate are going to be meeting with them down at the, at the spillway, bottom of the spillway. Yeah. Um, but Billy's able to ID Mabuto as uh, Lady Smith's contact. Right. And that's when MacGyver realized, you know, we don't know. Billy always only said, like, some guy. Yeah. So MacGyver didn't know until now that there was someone working on the reserve preserve. Yeah. Who was, who was in cahoots with Lady, with Lady Smith. Smith. And MacGyver... I keep almost just saying the full Lady Smith Black Mombazo. Like, <laughs> nope, nope, different, different. Um, and MacGyver is now like, crap, this isn't going to work out because Mabuto knows Kate 
And if he recognizes her, this whole deal is going to go. Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, this is of course like you know they need to get down to the to the bottom of the spillaway quicker. And that's when MacGyver shouts out, tries to commit suicide with a slide. <laughs> yeah, he says shingle bolt flume. Yeah. And Billy's all what? <laughs> and and everyone watching is all what? Yeah, what is this? And they still don't really. This still isn't yeah. a shingle bolt flume. They're just I, like, what's something weird for MacGyver to say here? Yeah, this is not a shingle bolt flume, by the way. This is yeah. just a spillway. Yeah. Uh, shingle bolt flumes are usually like, uh, like like weird little aqueducts. Yeah. Um, usually V shaped, um, held up above the ground. I I, I reference Raiders of the Lost Ark, um, during the truck chase. Sure. Mag- uh, MacGyver. Indiana Jones crashes through a shingle bolt flume in the truck chase, and like it like is this thing that's transporting water, right? And like he crashes through it with a truck, right? Um, that's what a real shingle bolt flume is. This is just a spillway, yeah. Um, and it, you know, so it's 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 taking away the overflow from the dam, uh, and it's hard to, to me. This dam looks like it's out of operation, right? Like for the purposes of the show, um, I think it's supposed to be in operation for. The, yeah, in for, the reality, in of, the this reality of the show. Yeah. But I think in 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 the real world where they filmed it is a is a expired or closed down place. Yeah. Um, and they were probably just running water down the yeah. slide. Yeah. Because it's all rusted. Yeah. And I don't know what they did to prepare for MacGyver and Billy Colton to slide down this because uh, they really do slide down it. Right, But yeah. it's all rusted. There's got to be, like, bolts that are loose, and yeah. you can get yourself tore up on I'm sure they like sent that. PAs down first just to make sure it was safe. <laughs> all right, how many scars do you have on your back? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so they, they, they slide down the, the spillway, and but it empties out over a cliff. Yeah, so MacGyver didn't really think this through because he can't see what the end of the thing is like yeah. when he gets into it. So as far as he knows, he could just be sliding off to his death. Like, yeah. What if it goes underground? What if it goes into the turbine? He just, yeah. He just lucks out because at the bottom of this slide, there's a there's a, a vertical bar that he's able to grasp onto. Yeah. When he gets to the end of it, and if that wasn't there, he would have just flown out off a cliff and died. Yeah. But at the at the bottom, he catches onto that, and then you see. Um, Billy comes down after him yeah. and just grabs onto MacGyver because he doesn't completely catch onto mm-hmm. the bar. Uh, and it, it looks like it's actually them. Like, it's actually... Yeah, yeah. Like, coming out, um, when, it, when it does the wide shot of them climbing back up, it's kind of harder to tell. Yeah. But uh, coming out of the, the slide, it's yeah. definitely them. Yeah. Um, I'm assuming that they were on short lines. Yeah, that's true. Uh, they must have been hooked up somehow. Yeah. Because cause we see the wide shot of this of this exit port and it's it's pretty high up yeah so it's it this is like a real kind of dangerous thing that yeah, they're doing but it's actually cuba and ricky dean out there uh so yeah they, they managed to get now they're now at like ground level and uh but they're too late because lady smith and kate have now arrived right so but she stays in the car yeah and, and puts down the visor so that mabuto because she sees mabuto and immediately is like oh no right um and uh, so she puts down the visor to kind of obscure her identity, even though she's wearing her trademark blue and red yeah. uh, clothing. Um, and so MacGyver... Sneaks into the vehicle. Somehow, yeah, I don't know how he sneaks in without being seen, because they're all There's right people behind there. the Jeep, there's people in front of it. There's no way he could have gotten there unseen, but he's 
basically crawls around until he can get in the Jeep. Yeah, and then gets in completely. Without anyone hearing the doors open or close. Yeah. He gets her attention that he's in there, and then he tells her to wait for his signal, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, so now Lady Smith says, oh, she's going to look at the horns, and then we'll get the money. Right. And so Lady Smith says, hey, lady, get out of the car. They never talked, I guess, on yeah. the way there. Like, she's, oh, I'm Kate, by the way, or yeah. I'm someone. doesn't know so. her name or have any thing to call her by. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> Lady Smith is just the type who just blares his music the whole way. Yeah. No talks. Just listen to this. Yeah. Um, and, of course, she doesn't get out of the car because she can't because uh, Mabuto will see her. So MacGyver says, just follow my lead. Right. Which is impossible for Kate to accomplish. Yeah, because he doesn't say anything further. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't say, when they get right up alongside the car, me and you are both going to kick open our doors at the same time. Right. He just says, just follow my lead. And But, but equally as impossible is her move. Yeah, because she's in the passenger seat. So presumably there's a center console between her and the driver's seat. Yeah. And it's also too far, and she's not even angled right yeah, for her feet to be pointed right. that direction. Um, yeah, so Mobuto comes over and immediately... Because also, Mobuto, the windows roll down, so Mobuto comes in and goes, Oh, hello, Miss Hubley. And yeah. can see her, and he would immediately go, Oh, why is her leg stretched out? Yeah, yeah, Funny. Yeah. Um, why are you folded in such an awkward way across the... She goes and who's to that push guy the, in your back She seat? goes to push the car door open, and he just locks the door. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Uh, but then a second henchman character is at the back door. Right. Well, I think it's um, Zimba. It's Tony Todd's character. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So, both the doors fly open, knocking them to the ground. And MacGyver's able to, like, take care of one of them. But Billy runs up and, and crawls underneath the car. And he pulls one of their legs down and grabs one of their guns and then, like, is holding them hostage. Right. Meanwhile, Lady Smith tries to make a run for it. Right. So MacGyver tackles him, and man, they have a fight. And but then they both go over the edge of the bridge. Right. And now MacGyver is clinging to like this big, thick steel beam, and Ladysmith is like hanging onto MacGyver's feet. Yeah. And of course, MacGyver is not the type to let him drop. Like he's yeah. not like trying to kick him loose. MacGyver's like telling him to hang on. Like MacGyver doesn't want anyone yeah. to die. And they're right above the rhino horn boat. Right. So I have two problems with this. One, I don't think that they're high enough for him to die unless the rhino horns were all pointed straight up, which they should have been. Yes. And that would have been the most dramatic way to end this episode. Yeah. But Other also, than taking a chainsaw to Lady Smith's face. Yeah. Um, and cutting but, his nose off. To spite it? To spite him. Um, but also, they're right next to water in the sense that Lady Smith could have just like used MacGyver as a rope to swing just like a foot. He just needs like a foot over yeah. to get that momentum to have him drop safely into what I presume is crocodile-infested waters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kalima, shanti day. But instead, no, Lady Smith just falls and falls and lands on the horns. But again, the horns... Just on a pile of horns, not yeah. necessarily impaled or anything. Yeah, he just... And I guess the implication is that he's dead. But I don't think it was a long enough drop to kill him. Like, yeah. He would have broken his legs and other bones, maybe, yeah. but not kill him. That guy fell further in Invisible Killers, and he didn't die. Yeah, he fell, he fell, he fell like onto rocks. Yeah, not onto soft, warm rhino horns. Yeah. <laughs> um, You're assuming they're still warm. <laughs> 
This, are, this was fresh from the, <laughs> fresh from, from the factory. Uh, uh, so the uh, Act 5 roundup. Uh, apparently, uh, we didn't mention, though, though, that all these horns didn't, didn't all come from poachers. Right. Uh, some of the horns came from an active movement of dehorning rhinos uh, to prevent poachers from stealing them in the first place. Right. And then other of them were recovered from other poachers. Sure. But their whole, the whole purpose that they had this stockpile was to destroy them publicly. Right. Uh, as to send a message. Again, yeah, the they import did, ban they on They did it pretty horns. recently, the ivory crush thing for like tusks and things like that. Oh, really? Because the same thing happens with elephants, obviously. And, right, right. Um, and they did something. It was like in, in Times Square or something where they crushed like a ton of ivory and destroyed it so that it was like to try and... I don't right, know, right. Every time that happens, I'm like... Well, you just made ivory more expensive. Yeah, and that, that soap is fantastic. Yeah, it's wonderful soap. Um, yeah, so they're pouring gasoline all over the, this pile of horns, and Kate gives a little bit of a speech that, that hopes, hopefully the world will pay attention to this act. Yeah. And there's such photographers and videos and like people there are applauding as they set the rhino horns ablaze. Yeah. Uh, MacGyver talks to Billy about what he's going to do with his reward money. And Billy's talking about like his next score, which is this guy somewhere in Russia. Yeah. And MacGyver just kind of goes, Billy. Yeah. And like kind of like gestures over to the to Kate, and Billy goes, Yeah, I guess that money would probably go better to benefit like the preserve. Yeah. I'm assuming though, also Billy. Rhino jams and jellies. <laughs> Colton brand rhino jelly. <laughs> Fred's easy. Uh, but I'm assuming also, though, Billy took some money, one for his own expenses and the plane ticket. Yeah, to reimburse the Phoenix Foundation. <laughs> yeah, he reimbursed the Phoenix Foundation at least with some of that reward money. Honestly, the, the solution to these kind of problems that I think works the best or makes the most sense to me, rather than destroying some of a product and increasing, like decreasing the supply and therefore increasing the demand, mm-hmm. uh, there are companies that have developed a way to make like fake ivory and and artificial like rhino horn like something that resembles a rhino horn enough right, that right. a chemical test wouldn't reveal whether or not it was and just flood the market with that mm-hmm. so that it just the price plummets and then it's not even worth it to yeah, to yeah. harvest this from the animal anymore that makes more sense to me than destroying what exists like right cuz cuz she says something like cause like because MacGyver says the same thing. He's like, aren't you increasing the demand? Yeah. And she says, well, there's only 2,500 left, so pretty soon there won't be a need for the demand. Because, like, no, they, they still, the horns will still exist. Yeah. You'll just have to buy them from, from, from people, people who, who have, them, have them instead them. of exactly. stealing them from the animal. Um, uh, but the episode closes out with a special message. And it's a really cool effect where it goes from the, the flames to an image of a rhino, like, surrounded by darkness and the the rhino is kind of in the flame yeah, and smoke yeah. and vapor um a special message basically just saying that there are fewer than 2500 and if we don't do something that they'll be extinct right uh by by the year 2000 been, yeah, yeah they would have been gone by now but they are not mm-hmm. i'm here with an update that nope. their population is currently in the 5000s awesome so it's at least doubled from so, where it was so see that that's good that's good news yeah. these these things these things i think help. that's about 80% because of this MacGyver episode. I would say so. 
And 20% because of all the poachers that have been murdered by poacher poachers. Yeah. Have you seen, like, some of the photos of, like, these, uh, the poacher rangers? Yeah. Like, they're Well, the, super... there's, like, a brigade of people in India that, are, yeah. like, do it, too, for, like, the tiger poachers and mm -hmm. people. Like, they're, they are, like, they're, like, mercenaries. But, yeah. like, they're, like, mercenaries who are fighting for a sweet, awesome cause. Yeah. Rather than just, like, the highest bidder. Yeah, but the, the rangers in, in India, like, they're, like, no-nonsense, like... Oh, we caught poachers. Oh, yeah, there were four of them, and we shot all four of them. Yep. They're all four dead. They're like the Mossad of yeah, the... Yeah, like, it's not like we're going to bring you people in and prosecute you. It's like, no, we caught you with hunting materials where you're not supposed to be hunting. No. You are all murdered now. I mean, obviously, like, you could argue, like, escalation. Sure, sure, sure. On both sides. Yeah. But uh, still, man, it's... I, there's not a better disincentive... To yeah, exactly. <laughs> hunting you, protected animals than you, you, the risk of being murdered on site. Mm -hmm. And Kate even mentions in this episode, and it's an important fact that, like, the people, the poach, the poachers are only getting like a couple hundred bucks. Yeah. Of, as far as the U.S. money. But um, that's enough to survive for for a year. A for year, them. yeah. But the people that are buying the horns are making like tens and twenties of thousands of dollars yeah, on yeah, these yeah. horns. Um, it's the same with like the Somali pirates, you know, Somali pirates, they, they ask for these ransoms, like 10, 20 million dollars. They're not getting that money. Yeah. They're only getting paid like a hundred, a couple thousand dollars to keep them in drugs and liquor Yeah. because the people who are financing these kidnappings yeah. are the one who are making the money. Yeah. They're the ones giving them all the weapons that they use to take over yeah. the, the boats. Yeah. They don't see any of this money. Yeah. Um, and, uh, it's such, it's such a crazy thing to think about. Uh, that you know, you, we always say, oh, it's like the Somali pirates. Not them. Most of most of the people who are financing these Somali pirates are people in Europe. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's insanity. It's yeah. pure insanity. And it's the same thing with, with they're getting with this. Do they get into that in Captain Phillips? I never saw it. Um, I don't think that they they really get into that, but they definitely play up the poverty aspect of the Somalis. Like yeah. That that this is the, the the life that's been provided to them. Yeah. And again, they're not getting that much money. Yeah. Um, and it's, and if you want to get paid, you have to, you have to show that you can, you're capable Yeah. in Captain Phillips. So the, the main, the main guy that you're the cap, I'm the captain now. Guy, yeah. Yeah. He, 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 he just got cast in something. Yeah. He, he has to, he has to fight for his position. And the whole reason that he goes so overboard is because like, this is his only opportunity to make money. Like right, this is yeah. all he has. Um, and, uh, which makes it that much more depressing that it's like. It seemed like a one-sided victory when, like, those Somali pirates were were just taken out by yeah. uh, the Navy SEALs or whatever. And it's like, no, nah, that was still kind of terrible because they weren't even the people that were really behind all of it. Yeah. <laughs> they were just, like, the henchmen. Um, but, you know, but when I was talking about escalation. Yeah. Uh, that's why they don't, like, these boats, they're not allowed to be travel heavily armed. Yeah. Because if they travel heavily armed, then the pirates then are going to be They take more. a boat, yeah, then they yeah. have arms from yeah. the boat, yeah. Um, and, uh, but also, like, you know, you're just going to incite them to, to shoot even more. Yeah. So Next like, time they'll come back with rocket launchers because they know you have a machine gun. Exactly, exactly. So, like, you know, they, they, they use these water hoses and anti-grapple, like, you know, uh, yeah. edges of the boat um, and lock, locking doors along the way and stuff like that, like yeah, a series yeah. of doors. But that's, you know... It's easier to pay the ransom than it is to arm and train these people. Yeah. It's a messed up system. I always think of that, the scene with the pirates taking over Zisu's boat. 
Oh, it's such yeah. like a disorienting scene in the middle of the movie, but it's great. It's mm-hmm. really well done. I just like that it's like the whole film is so stylized, and then it's like, no, but there are pirates, and this yeah. is what it would look like if pirates took over your ship. Like people are just getting killed left and right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> are those hijackers? We call the pirates out here, Ned. Yeah, <laughs> hijackers. <laughs> and they take, uh, they take uh, Harold. What's his name? Uh, yeah. Um, uh, Bud Court. Bud Court. <laughs> He's on the boat. He's like... I, I, they, said, they found out that I speak their language, so now they're thinking that I might be valuable. Yeah. You left your dog, you amateurs. <laughs> uh, the, I also... the intern gets, like, macheted. <laughs> yeah. He's um, like, uh, I'm going to get off the boat now. He's like, okay, well, you understand if I can't give you full credit. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all get it complete. But I also like when they find um, Hennessy's boat. Right. Who's, it's just sticking straight up. <laughs> straight up out of the water. <laughs> oh, man. Goldblum is so great in that movie. Uh, I fold. <laughs> He's wearing the, the I'm a pepper, you're a pepper shirt. <laughs> Isn't this my equipment? <laughs> people, well, I have a lot of people who don't like that movie. That's my favorite Wes Anderson It's movie. like, it's so good. Yeah. Um, Everybody check for swamp leeches. <laughs> Nobody? I'm Nobody got one. hit? I'm the only one? Oh, yeah. That, that is one of... That is, like, yeah. Rushmore is great. Tannenbaum's is great. Um, I, but... I'm not as big on Tannenbaum's, actually. And I really didn't like Fantastic Mr. Fox. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. But... Um, um, Moonlight Kingdom is Moonlight great. Kingdom is fun. Yeah. But I think my problem with Moonlight Kingdom is that the special effects are, like... This yeah. scene looks really good. This scene looks terrible. Yeah, and it's like, yeah. either be terrible the whole way through and have that be part of the charm of the movie or just like, don't even bother with it because some of it looks good and some of it doesn't and it's just weird. Yeah, I agree. It's jarring. But um, but now that we've talked about everything except MacGyver. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, go see Le- the, the... Why am I forgetting the name of... Life Aquatic? Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou. That's the good one. Of the Wes Anderson bunch. Um, but I think that's about it for Black Rhino. Mm-hmm. Um, if you guys have any thoughts you want to share with us, you can find us on Twitter at Opening Gambit. You can find us on Facebook.com slash Phoenix Foundation Podcast or our website, phoenixfoundationpodcast.com. And if you're digging the show, feel free to review us on iTunes. Tune in next week. We're going to be covering Season 5, Episode 9, The 10% Solution. Oh, boy. Oh, man. Yeah. Tune in for that one. That's It's nuts. It's almost like a precursor to the second MacGyver TV movie, Trail to Doomsday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With its Nazisms. Yeah. Spoiler. Stay tuned for that one. It's crazy. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Thank you.